Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your day. It's finally Friday, and the 2021 NBA Draft has come and has been completed. And for many franchises, it could be a franchise-defining night for the short and long term, including the Memphis Grizzlies. And we've got you covered with all the instant reaction to last night's festivities. Of course, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies now for three years. Your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, the one place where you can get the latest Grizzlies news, analysis, information, and honest truth every single day. I want to remind you, the title sponsor of our show is RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today. In this episode, we will be giving you a nitty, an off-season version of the nitty-gritty grind session. Going to give you a short version of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, giving the instant analysis on last night's picks for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then later on today, I will have a full version of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast with friend of the show Richard Stamen getting his analysis for the Grizzlies and the 2021 draft as a whole. So the 2021 draft for the Memphis Grizzlies certainly took an interesting turn earlier this week when the Grizzlies made the trade with the New Orleans Pelicans to trade Jonas Valanciunas to move up significantly in this draft and also get an extra pick in the 2022 draft. Now, the big thing that stood out to me as soon as the trade was done, and it was confirmed with Chad Ford on Thursday, the main reason why the Grizzlies did this was so that they could get the big wing addition for their roster that they needed to balance it out for the future and complement John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. And when the move was made, names like Josh Giddy, Franz Wagner, Moses Moody, um, Jonathan Kaminga, James Boatnight, all those names certainly seem to make sense for Memphis and being connected with them at the 10th spot, whether they, the Grizzlies were going to trade up or just see how the board played out for them. Well, the Grizzlies certainly did play the board well. They did not have to trade up. And after a few surprise picks, including Josh Giddy, the player who the Grizzlies had been connected to the most since they moved up to pick 10, at the end of the day, the Grizzlies had both James Boatnight and Moses Moody on the board for them with the 10th selection. But the Memphis Grizzlies didn't go either route. They wound up picking Ford Zaire Williams out of Stanford University. And the immediate reaction to the pick was likely confusion, a bit of disappointment, and just a bit of a letdown. And I can certainly understand why. For months, including myself, who had Moses Moody and James Boatnight at the top of my Grizzlies wish list, to have both of those players on there because of the fact that they would have been immediate sources of production in clear areas of need. The Grizzlies' two biggest areas of need from a roster standpoint was a wing-type talent with significant upside, and from a skill set standpoint was a shot creator. Well, Moses Moody likely was one of the best bets of you know it of certainty when it came to being a relevant NBA player with the upside to be much more and James Bonite was one of the best shot creators in this draft either one of those options were there and the Grizzlies went the route of Zaire Williams now if the immediate reaction was that letdown that confusion or that disappointment I was certainly right there with you when I saw the pick my immediate reaction was man it just doesn't seem like the Grizzlies played this board to the advantage that we've become so used to seeing them do. 
But after taking some time to thinking about it and being honest with you to have slept on it, the conclusion that I come to is this. I feel last night's reaction to the 10th pick, if you did have some sort of disappointment, confusion, letdown, whatever, I don't blame you. I think it's perfectly fair to have had that reaction. But I think that it was more because of the situation than it was the selection. And what I mean by that is this. Coming into this draft over the past two years, the Grizzlies arguably have been the best drafting team in the NBA. And one of the biggest reasons why that is, is because they created the combination of both being an immediate winner over the past two drafts, and also building on top of that by getting immediate value from the selections that they made. When you think of Ja Barrett, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, and Xavier Tillman, all four of those players made absolute perfect sense at where they were drafted by the Grizzlies, even to the point of being clear values when it came to Clark, Bain, and Tillman. And each of those four players have certainly exceeded expectations, well, at least in their rookie year, when they were selected. That's what allowed for the Grizzlies to easily be looked at as one of the best drafting teams in the NBA. And they also did it in a way in which they were aggressive. They created the advantage by trading up for Clark, Bain, and Tillman. And once again, the Grizzlies did do that. They created an advantageous situation, a more ad advantageous one than they came into this draft having, moving up from 17 to 10 and 51 to 40. But this time around, they didn't go the obvious route. They didn't go the expected route of taking the name that would have given them the best chance for a player to make an immediate impact, but over time also having significant upside like they probably would with Moses Moody or James Boatnight. But once you get past that truth about the situation and you actually look at the selection, I feel like that there's an error. There's certainly the ability to feel a bit better about it. Now, one other thing about the situation is the big question, would Zaire Williams have been there at 17? We're never going to know that. And at the end of the day, though it may not be a convincing answer, we're just ha going to have to go with the Grizzlies feeling that he would have not been. Zach Kleiman mentioned last night, they had good intel. They didn't think Zaire Williams would have been there at 17. So when it comes to the situation, I, myself, and, and for others, I can certainly understand why there may have been a bit of disappointment. But when you actually look at the selection, I think you start to feel a bit better. Number one, if Josh Giddy was truly the target for this Grizzlies team, and it may have been a smokescreen, Zach Kleiman even alluded to that last night. If Josh Giddy, though, was the true person that the Grizzlies were looking at before he was picked by Oklahoma City at six, I'm glad the selection of Zaire Williams was made instead of Josh Giddy. And the reason why that is is because I feel that in terms of their ceiling and their upside, Zaire Williams has just as much, maybe even more, upside than Josh Giddy. But the thing about it is this, is that while you certainly, we all talked about it, we all felt there was clearly going to be a chance the Grizzlies were going to delve away from what they'd done in the past by going with highly productive college players that, they, that showed high energy and high character towards, in this draft, the Grizzlies wanting to dip into the upside swings to maybe get a higher level of player long term, the Grizzlies were certainly right in doing that. But the reason why I feel better with the Grizzlies going with Zaire Williams instead of Josh Giddy is because though Giddy certainly has an extremely high upside, his fit in Memphis was questionable at best. 
So instead of taking that high upside swing with Gideon, hoping that you figure out the fit as well, the Grizzlies instead take a player in Zaire Williams who has just as much upside, but the big key is he may be the most ideal fit for this Grizzlies roster of any player that was left on the board at pick 10. Because outside of the top six or seven players in this draft, there are few players who in terms of being a true wing-sized talent and also having significant potential as a shot creator, there are few, if any, players that were on the board outside of the top six or seven that offered as good of a potential when it comes to a ceiling of being a wing who can create his own shot than Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams' ability as a shot creator, as a playmaker, as a potential two-way defender, so many different ways in which he can add value. And though it didn't, if you watch his college tape, if you see his college production, it certainly may not support that. The Grizzlies certainly do feel they have a great environment in place that can help him reach his immense ceiling. And it certainly seems as if Zach Kleiman had a strong conviction that Zaire Williams was this team's guy for an extended period of time. And it also certainly seems as if Zaire Williams certainly had a connection with the front office and the franchise because of how excited he sounded in last night's press conference. So at the end of the day, when it comes to the specific selection of Zaire Williams, I think it's more of the situation that creates the not overwhelming feeling of positivity than it is the actual selection of Zaire Williams. Because we've all talked about it. At some point, the Grizzlies were going to reach a point where they needed to start to gamble. They needed to start to take risks. They needed, once they got up to the 10th pick, to go after a talent that truly could be the third or fourth best player on a sustainable winner or a championship-type team. Zaire Williams, theoretically, has a higher chance of doing that. His ceiling has the ability to reach that level more than a ceiling of a James Boaknight or a Moses Moody may, may be able to. The thing is, though, is that you're not going to get as immediate of a value from Zaire Williams. Zach Kleiman stated that himself when he stated this is going to be a multi-year process. So the difference between Zaire Williams and past Grizzlies choices or other choices that were on the board is that you're not going to get that immediate impact. You likely don't have as much certainty that he's going to hit like those other talents have. But if he does, the overall impact that he'll make down the road likely will be an even bigger impact than any of the other selections that would have been on the board or that the Grizzlies have picked in the past. It's a bit of a different tune that the Grizzlies are singing with this draft pick, for sure. But with the confidence they certainly showed last night in Zach Kleiman's comments, the comments from Zaire Williams, it certainly seems as if both sides are bought in. And if that's the case, that's one of the most important things you need for a young player with as immense potential as Zaire Williams has. That's one of the best things you need for him to be able to reach his ceiling. And I honestly do feel Memphis is one of the best places in the NBA to give him one of the highest chances to reach that ceiling. So yeah, the 10th pick didn't go as many as expected. And I can certainly understand, I can you know say myself personally, I don't feel as strongly the morning after as I hope I would have before the draft started. But as time goes on, hour by hour, I am starting to become more convinced that it is going to work out, that it was a good selection by the Grizzlies and that it really could pay off, and that there's a better chance it could pay off in Memphis than almost anywhere else when it comes to the connection between Zaire Williams and this Grizzlies team. 
But while I'm getting more and more convinced about the Zaire Williams pick being all right and accepting it, the bigger area of concern for me was the way that the Grizzlies handled the ability to trade up later on in the draft when it came to the 30th overall pick, Santi Aldama. Obviously, last night was a historic night when it came to the 2021 NBA Draft, but it also was an historic night for the Locked On Podcast Network with its Locked On Podcast Draft show. Now, the thing about it is this. When it comes to Built Bar, Built Bar was the sponsor of last night's show, and it was a perfect sponsor because like teams making selections in the draft, you have over 18 different flavors to choose from when it comes to Built Bar. But if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, Though there are many choices to choose from, there's not a bad choice at all on the board. All are awesome choices, and all can be had at a discount if you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 when you t- when you go to BuiltBar.com and buy your next order of Built Bars. Once you make Built Bar a part of your day, it'll be there to stay. Go to BuiltBar.com, have over 18 different flavors to choose from, and put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Welcome back to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, this nitty-gritty grind session version of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we discussed this first-round selection of Zaire Williams, and that is, you know, we get further away from it. You know, yes, there's not that overwhelming feeling of satisfaction like we've been so used to over the past two years with that selection of Zaire Williams, but in the end, the selection itself you're okay with. The selection itself was that high upside swing that could feel many roles significantly for the Grizzlies of need, and that you have confidence that the Grizzlies can help him reach that. If Zaire Williams reaches his peak, It is a huge, huge steal for the Grizzlies in this draft. It's just that there's a high risk coming with that. It's a high risk, high reward pick, certainly different from what the Grizzlies have done in the past. But for me, the biggest benefit of the Grizzlies trade with the Pelicans coming into last night's draft was what the Grizzlies had in terms of assets now to move around the draft board and get a second pick of value in the first round. And many teams last night did an excellent job of moving around the draft board. The Charlotte Hornets, the Houston Rockets, and other teams, at least in the immediate reaction to the overall Hall of Talent that they got. And the Grizzlies had done that in the past. They did that in the 2020 draft to create two picks in the draft instead of one. And so with the prices that you started to see being paid for picks to be had, even after pick 15, at pick 16, at pick 21, and so on, you just kept waiting for the Grizzlies to move up, and you kept waiting for them to go up and get some talent, some truly valuable talents that were dropping in terms of Cam Thomas, Josh Christopher, uh, Jaden Springer, and others. Those three names that I mentioned all had been connected to the Grizzlies, and you would have loved for the Grizzlies to move up and got one of those names to come in and work with Taylor Jenkins because of the impact he's shown he can make on helping combo guards improve their overall game in time. But as pick after pick after pick occurred, it became a bit more frustrating to see that the Grizzlies were not making a move until we got to pick 30. And for the second straight year, With the Grizzlies Grizzlies equipped with pick 40, the Grizzlies moved from pick 40 to pick 30, and it looked like that with some of the names on there, there could be a clear value selected. But once again, the Grizzlies went a different route than was expected and selected big man Santi Aldama out of Loyola, Maryland. Now, Santi Aldama is a talent that in and of himself may have been a bit of a reach of where he was selected. Some 
felt that he was more of a late second round, two-way type talent, while others like Sam Vecini and John Hollinger thought that that was about where he was expected to be picked. But before we get into the type of player that Aldama is, an even bigger source of information when it comes to Aldama was the situation surrounding his pick, which was quite unique. Jonathan Giovanni of ESPN detailed Aldama's situation. Aldama, during the draft process, early on in the draft process, shut down communications with team, did not attend the combine, didn't go through the normal process to where teams could view his skill set. And it was perceived that the reason why was because months ago he got a promise for a team that made him shut it down to where he wouldn't go through all the normal processes. And obviously with the Grizzlies having traded up for him and got him a bit higher than many had thought, it would have seemed that Memphis would have been the one that gave him that promise. But after Giovanni gave his report, Jeremy Wu followed up and said that one reason why Memphis may have moved up to get Aldaba was because it was thought that OKC may be targeting Aldaba at their 34th or 36th selection. And then John Hollinger followed that up through The Athletic, stating that it was Oklahoma City who actually had a promise out to Aldaba. It was just an overall unique situation that made it seem as if Memphis may have panicked that they weren't going to get their player and therefore may have overpaid to go up and get a player that likely was not as valuable as other names at that point in the draft. But at the end of the day, regardless of what the details are around why the Grizzlies went up to get Aldama, the thing is, is that just like Zaire Williams, you have a front court talent, a size-skill combination that is highly intriguing. At 6'11", Aldama was actually asked to be the primary playmaker at Loyola, Maryland. It was one, it was one of the most productive college players in the NCAA last year. As the primary playmaker averaged over 20 points, near 10 rebounds, showed, showed very intriguing ability as a playmaker, as a, as a shot creator, rebounds, blocks, across the board, this guy can fill up the stat sheet. But of course, it also has to be considered the level of talent that he played. But when you think about that, it also needs to be considered that on higher levels of competition at a younger age, when he was 18, he was the MVP of one of the biggest tournaments in the world when he was 18. One other factor that comes into perhaps being a reason why the Grizzlies were attracted to the idea of selecting Aldama is that despite the fact that he played in college in the U.S. last year, Aldama actually is a draft and stash candidate. And with the extra year of control that the Grizzlies got in getting him in the first round, with a obviously a full roster already, the Grizzlies may just take advantage of being able to stash him in Europe for another year and then bring him over once they have roster spots next year. So once again, the disappointment probably is more in the situation than it is in the selection, though this time around, it's not as easily to be convinced that this selection you know, is a good one or that it makes sense. Again, I'm not questioning what the Grizzlies are doing because they know what they're doing. They know far more than me in terms of this process and, and you know making the selections they feel are best for this team. But similar to the Zaire-Williams situation, it just seems like there were much easier and potentially better ways of acquiring a significant talent for the Grizzlies than they went in selecting Santi Aldama. And that's what it comes down to me, right? That, that That's really where it comes down to, is that 
The reason why I'm not as satisfied the morning after as I hoped I would have been 24 to 48 hours ago is because those same things that were there after the past two, two drafts are just not. Like, for instance, if the Grizzlies would have drafted Moses Moody and then traded up to get a Jaden Springer, I'm sure all of us would feel so much more better and, and would, would have that feeling of glee that once again we won the draft. This time around, we don't have that feeling. But that's not necessarily a negative thing. The Grizzlies, as we know, are not a franchise that is going to do things based off what others feel is the most logical way of going about doing things. The Jonas Fallon Shunish trade is the perfect example of that, as the Grizzlies once again prioritize the future while also perhaps taking a step back next year. And that's where we are. You may not want to feel as if the most comforting thing about this draft is trusting the franchise. Usually when you have that feeling, that typically means that your draft night was not as good as you had hoped. And I certainly feel that that's a fair assessment of the Grizzlies draft night. But there is value in stating that this franchise has earned the right to have the benefit of the doubt. And at the end of the day, while there may not be that you know ability for there to be immediate contribution from their draft picks this year like we've seen over the past two years, there certainly is plenty of intriguing upside in terms of size and skill in both Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama. This time around, instead of having confidence and enjoyment and knowing that we'll immediately get to see it, it's going to take some time. Aldama has a good chance of being a drafted stash candidate, so he won't be around this year. And Zaire Williams, Zach Kleiman immediately came out and said he is a multi-year process for him to reach his for him to reach an ability to be a relevant rotation player. Again, situation over selection. And I'm not preaching to say that fans should not feel some sort of disappointment because the same feelings of, of glee and enjoyment that we won the draft are not here this year like they were last year. If that's how you feel, I completely get it and understand. But I will say I don't think it's just cliche to say that we should give it time and give this franchise the benefit of the doubt because they clearly went after players that they had valued for a long time. And with the track record that this franchise has showed in making the right selections and developing players to be more than they are anticipated to be, I feel the best thing is just to trust them, even though it may take longer to see those results than it has over the past two years. Thanks so much for joining us for this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Again, we will be back later today with friend of the show Richard Stamen to further discuss the 2021 draft and get some insight on the selections the Grizzlies made. And also, it was one heck of an ending to the night as the Grizzlies also agreed to a contract with Yves Podge from the University of Tennessee. So if you want to see someone who is ecstatic, that would be me. And again, even though last night may have been what we expected, it certainly is exciting to know that this Grizzlies team made selections and players that could pay off huge dividends down the road. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked O Grizzlies podcast.